Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Joshua Beck and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Joshua Beck. It is always so amazing when he says that because, indeed, here we are. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Joshua Beck. He is a primary care physician with WellMed. You find him at the WellMed Clinic uh, located at Loop 410 in Centerview, and he's board certified in family practice. And we're delighted once again to have you here and to uh, follow up on a topic we talked about last week, and that was screenings. Uh, And we talked about prostate. We talked about uh, breast cancer. We talked about colon cancer. But we didn't get to the issue of women and pap smears, and we're going to welcome our special guest today, Dr. Carlos Porter. He's with Porter Medical Associates, which is part of the WellMed Network. He's a graduate of St. Mary's University with a bachelor's degree, attended the University of Texas Health Science Center, now Texas Health in San Antonio, where he earned his medical degree in 1993, completed his family medicine residency through the University of Texas Health Science Center, and that program uh, he completed in 1996. And it's great to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. This I, is really I asked exciting. you off the air if you had kids to speak in a voice that's loud enough for them to hear. How many kids do you have? I, I just have one. One's a lot. One is a lot. Speaking as someone who has three little ones, and you're doing okay, too. I've Dr. got Beck. a couple. Yeah. No, yeah. the one eight-year-old that I have is definitely more than Oh, yeah. More than they keep you going. You, she does? Keep, yeah. I'm, oh, we've got an eight-year-old little girl as well. And I've they, got yeah. two little boys. They're yeah. nonstop. Uh, so we talked last week uh, about the whole question of screening tests uh, and one that uh, is done and still done and still recommended for women is a pap smear. Uh, tell us about that. That's right. Pap smears are recommended and we've kind of gotten away from from what the term of the annual type of exam is. Both the American College of OBGYN and the United States Preventive Service Task Force which basically sets all the guidelines that we follow as practitioners. So Back in the, in the day, somebody was 19, they were pregnant, they got a pap smear. And that's wrong. We don't do annuals anymore like that. Pap smears start at the age of 21. And then regardless, we do them every three years till somebody's 30. And obviously, if something is abnormal, then we're certainly going to investigate a little further. So, Dr. Beck, what are you looking for? So, well, yeah, so pap smear is for cervical cancer screening. So it's a cervical cancer screen. Uh, and, and what we're screening for is cervical cancer, which is uh, brought on uh, or maybe brought on by uh, a virus called the human papillomavirus. And there's bad strains and strains that are not so bad. For which there's now a vaccine. Uh, there is a vaccine. And so, yes, uh, you know, obviously, you know, in, in the patients I see, I don't recommend that. But Dr. Porter might with, you know, the younger crowd. And so there is a vaccine to help prevent I don't know if it prevents against all the strains that can cause HPV. cervical cancer, but, uh, but it helps lower your risk uh, tremendously. Y- yes, it does. It depends on which manufacturer yeah. you get when you get that vaccine. But the interesting thing to me is, mm-hmm. is that in the future, if we can basically vaccinate out HPV, mm-hmm. pap smears may go by the wayside. Exactly. And actually, it's recommended. So there's a misconception, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's actually recommended for both men and women. Because men, boys, the HPV virus, uh, the HPV boys, is. 
it's it recommended for both. It's recommended for yes. both. And yes. so the HPV, uh, you know, so, w- you know, cervical cancer is what women get through these bad strains, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later after they've contracted the virus. Um, and, and, and this is why we're talking about pap smears to screen for cancer right before it becomes bad and you die from it. Um, so you want to catch it early because if it's caught early, it can be treated and hopefully, you, you know, you, you will get treated and cured, right? Uh, but with men, you know, men oftentimes, boys and men are asymptomatic carriers unless you get the HPV screen that causes genital warts. Uh, which is not the cancer-causing uh, uh, virus. Uh, the the cancer-causing virus is usually asymptomatic in men. So oftentimes we, you know, men don't know. And you know, if they're, you know, if you have a promiscuous, you know, male and he's sleeping around and he may be spreading that, uh, you know, the bad virus to 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 uh, unsuspected uh, female partners. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He never he, knows. He never knows. Yeah, and so that's the whole reason that Pap smears exist is to screen for these, uh, you know, viruses that have attacked or uh, attacked the cervical tissue, and have changed the cellular structure to uh, predispose people to get cancer. Exactly. Now, can you test uh, men to see if they're carrying the HPV virus? And that really hasn't been something that we've ever done. So initially, when the HPV virus came around. It was really only for women or for girls. Then, I guess through lobbying Congress, it was actually approved for male use, which was really absurd that it wasn't used for males in the first place. So now both male and female get the vaccination. And recommended to age I think 10, nine, 11, right? 12. Is it nine? Right, nine to right. about 26. Okay, to 26, yeah. And, and it is a preventative that... Uh, if you've got a daughter, you really need to get, and if you've got boys, you need to get. Absolutely, everybody needs, you know, should get it, you know, if they're pro-vaccine. Hopefully. <laughs> now, do we, uh, at some point, no longer do Pap smears as a woman ages? So, so right about age um, sixty-five is, for the most part, if they've been negative, then we stop doing them. However, that's that they've been negative all the way throughout. So we talked about earlier that age 30, they were getting them every three years up until that point. After 30, if we actually send an HPV virus with the pap smear and that's negative, we can actually extend that for the woman to five years. So it's definitely not every year. Mm-hmm. So the, the screen, you know, the pap smear that, you know, that Dr. Porter is talking about checks for the virus is one. It can, you know, if you order the test, if you order the HPV screen, it'll check for HPV, the cancer-causing uh, virus those strains. It also checks for atypical cells, which could be suggestive of, you know, early cancer or maybe something that you want to do more frequent pap smears on for cytology, which is to look for those bad cancer. And then also it's just an, an exam where you're looking, right? You're looking at the cervix and you're looking to see if there's a growth or friability or maybe there's an infection. What does friability mean? Uh, irritation, irritation of the cervix, of the mucosa. Mm-hmm. C- kind but, of imagine wet toilet paper. Yeah. Th- that's the best way to think of friability. Okay. Yeah, and so you want to look, look for that. So let's just say there's a female you're doing a pa- pelvic exam, not because you're doing it for screening, but you're doing it because they're having pelvic pain and they have some cervical motion tenderness, tenderness of the cervix, then that might allude to a... Uh, infection, you know, which would be different from our discussion today. But yes. some, now, anyways, you're looking, you know. He's Dr. Joshua Beck. I'm yeah. Ron Aaron. Dr. Beck is our co-host here on WellMed Radio, and we are talking with uh, Dr. Carlos Porter. And Dr. Porter is uh, uh, t- 
talking today not only about pap smears. We wanted to shift gears and talk about something called a DEXA scan, and we're going to find out what that is. So what is it? So a DEXA scan is basically an X-ray. So it's dual X-ray absorptometry. So it's a way for us to look at the bones and to basically tell how thick they are. And we, we get a number, and that number gives us an indication of whether we're dealing with a normal bone, we're dealing with a thinning bone, or actual disease, which is osteoporosis. And when we think of osteoporosis, rightly or wrongly, we often think only of women. Well, yes, but men can have osteoporosis too, particularly men that are treated for different diseases or men that are on chronic steroid use for lung disease. So they too can have osteoporosis. Yes, absolutely. And, and you mentioned thinning of the bones. How do you prevent osteoporosis? And then how do you treat it if you're diagnosed with it? So the, the best way to treat osteoporosis, or, or I should say to prevent osteoporosis, is going to keep an active lifestyle, lightweight training, an adequate intake of calcium. So an adequate intake of calcium is about 1,200 milligrams of calcium a day. What I tell my patients is that most of the products that are available are 400 milligrams, and I tell them to take two a day at different times, and they'll get the rest of their calcium from their diet for the most part. And you can get it from milk? What else? You can get it from milk. You can get it from cheese. Matter of fact, even bread nowadays is fortified with calcium. And vitamin D. Vitamin D is also usually recommended for because um, uh, to help strengthen the bones for the same reason. And most of us are low on vitamin D. Yeah, I was going to say the majority of my patients, I'm low in vitamin D. <laughs> and <laughs> sunscreen think, is the reason. Yeah, and, and so the problem with that, too, is that, you know, it depends on the vitamin D. So we get synthesis of vitamin D through our skin through being out in the sun. But we also get vitamin D, a different type of vitamin D, through the through foods that we in, you know that we ingest, and those that are fortified with vitamin D, like milk, uh, and dairy products, and so oftentimes it's just you know poor absorption, poor absorption, also poor intake. Yeah, a lot of times adults especially just don't mm-hmm. simply drink milk. Lactose intolerance, and you know. Yep. Exactly. And mm-hmm. uh, many will just go to the default, take a pill. Well, that's true that a lot of people do that and oftentimes if we have to check somebody's vitamin d level and the vitamin d level is low and there's really no other way to get them to supplement the vitamin d right we do prescribe vitamin d to patients when you think about osteoporosis uh, i mean the stereotype is a woman who's hunched over looks very frail Uh, is that typical nowadays that's not as typical as it as it had been fortunately we have a lot of good procedures that are orthopedic friends and our interventional radiology friends can do for us nowadays to stop that from happening. So an interventional radiologist does what? An interventional radiologist doesn't just read x-rays and and films. They actually do procedures on patients. And in this case, they do something very similar. Think of a ramjack for somebody's foundation that's falling in their house. They would actually do the same thing for a vertebrae or one of the backbones that has started to fall because it's degrading because of osteoporosis. So that's like really severe osteoporosis, you know, if it's more advanced, you know, and and that might fit the description of somebody that fell because they have osteoporosis and they're more at risk of breaking things, you know, so so the, uh, the DEXA screens that we do, they usually check the hip uh, and the spine, the lumbar spine and the hip. Sometimes they can check, uh, and the femur, of course, uh, uh, which is the long bone, uh, your long leg bone, right, right where your hip starts that goes down to your knee. 
that's called the femur. And so we, we, we screen those for osteoporosis. Uh, but if somebody has really bad osteoporosis, sometimes there's, it's so bad that we can have patients, and I'm sure Dr. Porter has as well, that will bend over and then they'll get a fracture. They, get, they bend over to pick something up, and then all of a sudden they get this tremendous back pain. It's horrible. They come in, they get the x-ray, which you know may or may not be abnormal. And then you may send them for a more detailed imaging study, you know, like an MRI, uh, because their back pain persists. Maybe you try conservative treatment. I mean, unless you really, really know what you're looking for, right? Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, um, if you know what you're looking for, you know, they've got pinpoint tenderness to their spine, then you're probably, you know, pretty, pretty sure that it's a broken vertebra. Uh, it, but sometimes it can be that bad, and so that's why we, we like to educate the patients on exercise and proper nutritional intake uh, to prevent this. Um, and and, and, and so, so we know osteoporosis stems from, you know, in both men and women, a lack of hormone, you know. So, we'll talk more about this yeah. in just a minute. He's Dr. Joshua Beck. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to WellMed Radio with our special guest today, Dr. Carlos Porter. He's with Porter Medical Associates. Caregiving is incredibly difficult and challenging for thousands of people caring for someone they love. It's a job that is demanding and often feels as if it's never-ending. Caregivers feel alone and lonely. That's where Caregiver SOS On Air comes to the rescue. This half-hour weekly program features nationally known gerontologist Carol Zerniel and attorney and veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me. And remember... Caregiver SOS On Air, Saturdays at 7.30 a.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and Sundays at 12.30 p.m. on Freedom, 1160 KRDY. You're listening to WellMed Radio right here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host is Dr. Joshua Beck. He is a family practitioner with WellMed. You find him at the WellMed Clinic at 410 in Centerview. And our guest today is Dr. Carlos Porter, graduated from St. Mary's University and earned his medical degree here at UT Health. And we're delighted to have you here. Thank you for having me again. Now, we've been talking about osteoporosis, and I had mentioned off the air, and this isn't telling any secrets out of school because she's mentioned it, uh, when my previous co-host, Dr. Cora Juke, uh, who's earning her doctorate now in nurse practitioning, uh, has a grandmother who is so fragile, uh, Cora would say she'd roll over in bed and she could break a bone. Wow. That, that's, and, and you see that occasionally? Y- y- well, we don't see it very often, thank goodness. But you do see that. That's very severe osteoporosis. When the bone is so thin and so fragile that it will break with just minimal amount of trauma. Joshua, you've seen it? I was going to say, we see it all the time, but then we've got an elderly patient population that we usually see. Right. So, so yeah, it's, it's not uncommon, you know. And sometimes, you know, they don't even know. And you'll get a routine x-ray and then, you know, maybe they had minimal pain at the time that it was fractured years ago. And, and, and we'll see evidence of old uh, vertebral fractures on x-rays. Wow. Right. right. Those are usually the wedge fractures that we find mm-hmm. just when we're looking for something else where it may be x-raying them for back pain. Mm-hmm. And we find this and it's like, oh, by the way, we need to probably do a DEXA scan on you. Exactly. And you were telling me off the air that there are medications uh, that can strengthen bones. So so medications range all the way from tablets to injections. So most of the tablets are geared toward letting the bone not get destroyed. Everybody's bone normally turns over, just like every other cell we have in the body. Turns over meaning? Meaning renews itself. 
you ever burn your tongue, the this, this tissue comes back over the next day or so. Yeah, that's amazing with tongues because occasionally uh, I'll, I'll bite my tongue. It really hurts, yep. and then it's fixed. Yep, it fixes itself. It's like frogs growing you know legs. Why? It's got a great. It's got a great blood supply. That's why. That's the reason. Yeah. So you have all the anti-inflammatory cells that are going to that tongue to you know to target that tissue. That is amazing. That, that is amazing. Yeah. So bones themselves uh, regenerate themselves. So bones are regenerate. They're, they're breaking down and regenerating all the time. So the medicines in the pill form that we typically have basically decrease the regeneration process. So you can in effect, lay down more bone or, or make more bone. Slow it down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All, all the way to actual injections, which are tremendously expensive, and they're injections that are daily. And those injections actually can help lay down more bone or stimulate your bone to ramp up its production and thicken the bone. Usually it's the expensive ones that tend to do a better <laughs> job, which is why the insurance companies don't pay for it. You know, they like you to try the first-line therapy right. first, which is usually the oral medication. But, yeah, there's daily injections. There's also a, a twice-a-year injection that, that we sometimes use. That's like a super shot. Uh, it's like a super shot that works for six months. Wow. Uh, and then there is a, uh, you know, for those that want to do it, you know, and this actually is less expensive than, than the twice a year shot is the uh, uh, infusion. There's an infusion of a uh, uh, bisphosphonate, you know, which is an oral medicine. In infusion meaning it, it an goes IV into you like a blood transfusion. Exactly. Yes. That you get once a year and, you know, it can be used to treat osteoporosis. And so it's all stored in your body for a year? It's taken up by your bone and slowly released and right. used over the, the year. <laughs> There's even a nasal spray that I've had mm-hmm. mixed mixed um, success with it. Yeah, so have I with acute fractures. Yes. Yeah. So what's the, an issue fracture? Uh, acute, 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 oh, acute, acute, like fracture that happened today. So you know, um, well, you know, the uh, there there are guidelines that we review, you know, right. to try to keep up to date with practices. And one of them actually says that for acute fractures, like, uh, you know, at least that's why I've prescribed it, for acute fractures of, of the spine and some of these in pain, maybe they're already on narcotics because they've got some other issues and this isn't covering the pain or maybe they can't take narcotics or can't take other kinds of pain medicine for various reasons. Right. So sometimes, you know, you can, you can use this as a means to, to help slow down the pain so that maybe they don't have to get certain procedures like vertebroplasties, which is where you cement the fracture, mm. you know, to the uh, vertebra above it. You know, you kind of cement to kind of put that fracture back together, so to speak. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I really haven't had a lot of success with the patients that I've given it to. You, they still have pain. <laughs> yeah, the, the nasal spray yeah. is, is salmon-based, yeah. and it's called calcitonin. Yeah. And you spray it in one nostril alternatingly daily. Mm-hmm. So How do you remember which nostril? you got to put a little mark on your nose. I guess yeah. you, you right foot, left footed or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, you, you choose your favorite nostril. I don't know. And, and theoretically, it's supposed to help. You know, it doesn't do anything to heal the bone, but it's supposed to, you know. Alleviate the pain. It's supposed yes. to alleviate the pain, but I haven't had any real success, so I've kind of stopped prescribing it. Yeah, I've had modest success with it. I can't see. I've had a lot of success. Yeah. Well, in some ways, it may be like a placebo. If they think it's going to work, it'll work. Yeah. Mm, possibly. I, there may be part of that in it as well. Yeah. Mind over matter, right? <laughs> How frequently do you see patients with osteoporosis? Well, we see patients, I think, just as well, like you do, we mm-hmm. see them every day in the clinic. Do they know they have it? Most of them do. Yeah, most of them do. And, and there are, you know, with these medications, there are patients that don't want to take the medicine. And there may be contraindications to taking the oral medications, too. 
So people that have esophageal issues like esophageal strictures or that have GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease, or in layman's terms, just really bad acid reflux. Sometimes, you know, they can't take the medication because of the side effects. Right, and, and those patients actually are very good candidates for the infusion or the IV therapy that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And the insurance company may approve it if you, you know, say that they can't take such and such medication because of the interactions that it causes. Is there a cure for osteoporosis? There's not a cure. There's a treatment. We're still looking for the fountain of youth, but I haven't found it. So. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. So that would be the, uh, the possible treatment? Siri on my phone started answering us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, that tends to happen to me, too. It's pretty funny. He was talking about exercise as a way to help treat osteoporosis. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> oh, well, Siri was helpful in that case. And yeah. Exercise is very, very So, important. no, there's no cure because, you know, everybody's going to get older. And, you know, unfortunately, it's just part of, you know, the aging process. All we can do is slow it down and, and then maybe ho- help reverse it to some degree. We began by talking about more women than men develop osteoporosis. Is every woman on that path to develop osteoporosis? Well, n- not every woman. Typically, the lighter, fairer-skinned women that are smaller are the ones that are going to be more prone to develop really? osteoporosis. Why? So it, it really just has to do with their structure and the fact that they don't have a lot of bone to begin with. Interesting. Yeah, so the heavier set women tend to be, uh, uh, you know, a little protected, so to speak, because they have to carry around more weight, body weight, which strengthens the bone, right, to support all that excess body weight. So that, no, I'm I'm serious. No, I love this. So that tends to be preventative (laughs) to some degree. So, so, you know, it just depends. Some people are and some are not, you know. Hey, don't make fun of me. I may be a little overweight, but I'm not going to get osteoporosis. And also your activity level, right? Some people that are more sedentary and you've got the librarian that, you know, doesn't do a whole lot. Oh, oh, don't say that out loud because librarians work their butts off. Well, you know what I mean. Lifting books, moving books, stocking shelves, bending, lifting. Yeah, well, I'm talking about that. Dedicated exercise, but you're but talking it, about couch potatoes. Yeah, but then you've got the grandmother that you know is still a you know a senior iron iron runner, and you know maybe she's going to be more protected and less likely, less predisposed to getting it. Yes, the, the ones that do more lighter weight training are the ones that are going to be more protected going forward. And yeah, my wife goes to uh, uh, three or four times a week uh, exercise program where they do light weights as well as cardio. That, that's perfect. That's exactly what somebody should be doing. Mm-hmm. Cardio and weights. Cardio and weights. More cardio than weights, but you still need to get the weights in. Now, what does the weight do? The weights stimulate the bone to solidify itself and be a little bit stronger. If you think about astronauts going to space and they're weightless, they actually lose bone when they come back. Really? It's it's a really interesting phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So if you're one of those who goes to Mars for 10 years, (laughs) you come back. With a lot less bone, well, assuming I'm, you come back. I'm sure that's one of the challenges yeah. for, for the people that do space travel and research that. And no, I, I know they try to get them to exercise. I was going to say they do exercise. I don't know. I, I, I'm not really sure. But there's really no resistance sure. if you're weightless. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so I don't know what they do. Maybe resistance well, bands. Isometric resistance. Yeah. What is that? Or body weight. Body weight. Mm-hmm. Or, or like we talked about bands, resistant bands. Resistance bands. A rubber band, right. basically a big rubber band that you pull mm-hmm. that gives resistance to your muscles. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and as you look at uh, the amount of research that's been done on osteoporosis, uh, periodically a new drug will come out. Uh, are, are they newer, better, or are they just newer 
uh, because the patent's running out on the older. New, newer and more expensive. There really hasn't been any newer, Proli better is drugs. The newest. Yeah, Proli is the newest, uh, every six-month shot, you know, which um, is uh, really expensive, you know, and I've gotten insurance companies to pay for it, but, you know, they have to fail the, the cheaper, older meds that are oral, right. orally, you know, taken. So. For, for now, fortunately, the oral medications are even on the inexpensive list at, at your grocery stores and your chain pharmacies. Mm-hmm. And they're taken once a week, and there's mm-hmm. certain restrictions that you have to remain upright, take it with just a little bit of water, mm-hmm. not eat anything or do anything for 30 minutes. So the scenario I typically give my patients to take those or to take the pill with a little bit of water and go to church. When you get done with church, then you go have a good meal. Mm-hmm. And that seems to work well for most of them. I like that. Yeah. Then, of course, mm-hmm. if, if that fails or like we talked about earlier with stomach issues, then we have to go with the infusions like the Prolia simply to go around the stomach and not have to use that. Got about 30 seconds left. I want to thank you for coming in. And if folks want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Um, our office number is 341-9614. We have clinics in the Westover Hills area, Medical Center area, downtown San Antonio, and New Braunfels. And actually, we're opening up a northeast San Antonio clinic at, in the Forum area. Oh, that's cool. Yes. That, that is such a hot area, the Forum. It, it, there's a big need over there. I guarantee you that. I'm sure. It's called marketing. Good for you. <laughs> I like that. So, Dr. Porter, thank you for coming in. It's been great talking with you. Thank you for having me. We appreciate you coming on Wellman Radio. Joshua Beck, we put another one. In the old days, you would say in the can, but there are no cans anymore because nothing is on tape. Thank you. We'll do it again next week. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for listening to us on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.